0: You're listening to the PK Experience podcast where I tap into the minds of today's impact players. My name is Peter King, I'm the host of the show and today's impact player is Jennifer Hoody. Jennifer founded and co-founded several businesses when she was in her 20s, one of which sold for seven figures before she started her current company called Conscious Copy. Conscious Copy, which you can find at consciouscopy.co online, is a copywriting business, it's a copywriting service and Business owners and entrepreneurs will hire her company to write their copy for them. The reason why that's so necessary, when I started my journey, I didn't know anything about copywriting. I didn't know how important it was. And it wasn't until I started creating my own websites and my own web pages and started doing it for other people that I started to understand how powerful and how valuable good copy is. Because the copy is the thing that your prospects interact with and engage with online. So the better that your copy is, the more influential and the more profitable your business can be. Jennifer and her team have a client base that is essentially the who's who in the business entrepreneurial space with clients such as Strategic Coach, Joe Polish, Evan Pagan, Brandy Bouchard, et cetera, et cetera. She's been on stage with Lewis Howes and Russell Brunson. So it's a real great honor to have her on the program. Lots of really great information in this for marketers and entrepreneurs. Here I am with Jennifer Hootie. All right, I'm here with Jennifer Hooty. Jennifer, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me, Peter.
0: I am so excited to talk to you. Um, you came highly recommended from a good friend of mine, and um, the work that you're doing in the world is amazing to me, and uh, the impact that you're making is incredible. <clears throat> Excuse me. You've been um, at a, a fairly young age. You have founded multiple businesses, um, one selling for over seven figures, and now you have Conscious copy. Tell the listeners what conscious copy is, and how have you been able to create this level of success so early on in your life? That's I want to get a little bit of a insight into that uh, to sort of set the stage.
1: Yeah, conscious copy is uh, a messaging company that helps entrepreneurs to be able to communicate their vision and their message to the world in a way that really inspires people to take action. And so in the way, one of the main ways that we do that is through helping entrepreneurs with their marketing, their marketing message, how are they communicating to their ideal clients and inspiring them to take action, whether that's through their websites, their videos, their emails, their social media. Um, And over the last uh, four years, we've really kind of put our spot in the, in the marketplace we've gotten, or we work with a lot of bigger influencers in the online marketing space, including people like Brendan Bouchard, um, Joe Polish, Eben Pagan, Shalene Johnson, Sally Hogshead, Bulletproof Coffee, um, Dan Sullivan, Bajos Killian, many, many others. Uh, and at actually, I think it was like TNC, uh, uh, Perry Belcher who is a very well-known copywriter was like, she's the copywriter of copywriters. And I don't, you know, I, I, that definitely wasn't my intention coming into the space. Um, (laughs) but it happened. And as far as how, uh, I've done it, honestly, I think a big part of it is, is just, this is going to sound really corny, but like success principles, you know, there is, I geek out on like the old school Napoleon Hill and Andrew Carnegie, like the OGs kind of a personal development. And, and I also believe it's very related to marketing, which is, you know, make people feel understood. Uh, even, you know, in marketing, our approach at conscious copy is leave people better than when we found them. And, always look at what is the problem you're trying to solve. Never try to push your product or service on people. Like what is the problem you're solving? And I just kind of took, taken that into my whole life.
0: Mm. Um, this thought, this question just came to me as you were explaining that your ability to want to connect and want to understand what somebody, uh, somebody else's experience is, um, is a very feminine energy, and a part of what I do is a I look at the world often through a masculine-feminine lens. And uh, the reason why I'm sort of bringing this up, and why it just occurred to me while you were mentioning that, was it, men and women do think about things very differently, and especially in copy, when you're looking to evoke emotion, when you're looking to, uh, like you said, make the reader feel really understood. Um, mm-hmm. That to me is a feminine superpower, and of course, some guys have it, but. Um, do you find that there is a difference between copywriting between men and women? And, and again, one of the reasons why I ask is because when people go to hire a copywriter, given their product or service, it may be better to think about having hiring a woman for it or a, a man for it, or, you know, somebody who specializes in that area, of course, but do you see a difference and how does that Totally.
1: Work yeah. There's um, something that I share a lot in to our clients And that is the goal of content is for people to understand you. The goal of copy is for people to feel understood. And I guess you could put it kind of on the the lens of the masculine feminine there too. But I really believe that content, you know, you can be a great content writer. You could be a great book author, but a not so great copywriter. Um, because they're two very different skills. One is getting people to understand you. You could provide them facts and data and, you know, people will nod and they'll say, "Yep, yeah, I definitely, I understand. But them understanding does not imply them taking action. Mm-hmm. And that's the big difference because copy, in order to evoke someone to take action in some sort of way, they must first feel understood. Mm-hmm. They must feel like, okay, this person understands me, therefore I'm going to, I am going to <clears throat> choose to take action. And it's consumer psychology uh, and it's it's persuasion in print really is what copy is. So it's a very different skill set. Um, and I kind of, it's, it's kind of ironic because I've grown up dyslexic most of my life. So I'm actually... A terrible like speller and and grammar and all of those things. But I've been able to do quite well at copy because I know how to like, what is the emotion that this person's feeling? How can I paint the picture of their world and then inspire them to take action?
0: Okay. Can we um, deconstruct that? Because uh, I'm very interested to understand your methodology and maybe some of the the nuance and higher level strategies that you've developed over the years to to do that even better than most people. So, mm-hmm. h- how do you do that?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, for or first, even before jumping into that, one of the things I want to share, you know, for your for the listeners, you may be wondering like why this matters to me. And if you have a message that is really important um, that you want to get out into the world, and you want to inspire people to, to take action. You actually do with that with copy, whether you realize it or not. So copy, um, in using that term, is just written words that sell. And so it's everywhere. It's like if you're recording a video, if you're recording uh, a, a, an email or a social media post and you want them to do something, whether it's like your post or comment on your post or buy your product or sign up for a call, that requires copy. So copy is uh, really... I joke, it's like the nutrition of marketing, Hmm. you know, like you can't with, with the health space, like you can't just avoid the nutrition part and expect to get results in marketing. You can't just avoid copy and expect to get results. So that's like the first thing. Hmm. And as far as the method goes first, um, it always, always starts with who is it that you want to inspire to take action. So I use the term like who's your ideal client? And probably heard this so many times in marketing. Yeah. My perspective on it is yes, demographics are important like is it a man or a woman or where do they live and what are they interested in? Those things are all useful. But that's not necessarily what's going to get someone to take action. What's going to get them to take action is really asking some key questions. The first one is uh, where are they currently at in their life around the topic that you can help them with? So number one, paint the picture of what is their current situation look like related to whatever it is that you can help them with. Mm -hmm. And Underneath of that, what are their belief systems around it? Do they believe that, um, like, for example, if you are a business coach and you're helping um, entrepreneurs and launching their product, like, what are their belief systems that are have gotten them to the current place that they're at?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do they believe that they're able to, grow and scale their business very quickly. Do they believe that there is a market for their product? Uh, do they believe that, um, you know, they're going to be able to restructure things online, even though you know everyone's telling them to restructure things online, do they really believe it? Mm-hmm. And so much about copy is untangling, I call it unraveling their unraveling the objections, unraveling the belief systems. So step one, where is their current situation? Um step two is where is it that they want to go? Mm-hmm. Really painting the picture of what is their vision. And you, uh, as the marketer or the copywriter, it is not up to you to determine this. And this is one of the biggest mistakes I see, um, like coaches, influencers, entrepreneurs make, is they try to guess at all of these. And that is the worst thing that you can do. You want to actually Go out and be having one-on-one conversations with the people that you really want to help and see like, what is your vision? You know, on the other side of this, you've gotten through it, paint the picture for me what this looks like and what, how do you feel? You know, how how much, have you grown your business by 50% by growing it by 50%? What has, how has that transformed the rest of your life? You know, how are you showing up different in your relationships? What's your health look like? Paint the picture and how do you feel?
0: Can I ask you a couple of follow-up questions? On yeah. That? When you're interviewing uh, the that customer base, two questions come to mind. What if uh, the answers that you get back from all these people are not consistent? What if you get what if they're all over the place? Um, number one, and then um, how do you get them to open up in the first place and really divulge where they're at? Mm-hmm.
1: Good question. Well, the first one is if you're focusing on an Uh, Like your ideal client, a particular type of person, you will, like, with a a big enough sample set, you will see the consistencies. Um,
0: I think that's one of the reasons why I asked, because I think some, a lot of companies, one of the reasons why they struggle is because they don't have an ideal client. Yeah. Um, So, what's your, what's your. Yeah.
1: Well, if you try to be everything to everybody, you're going to be nothing to no one. Right. (laughs) That's it every company we work with um, if they haven't niched down into a particular and 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 let me clarify too when i say niche or niche whatever (laughs) whatever however you say it is um it's a need it's actually not like oh my niche is women no it's like what is the problem that you're solving that's actually your your niche Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. So if you're actually if you focus on narrowing down to what is the problem that you're solving, um, and then you interview these people, you will notice clear consistency, It, it always. And in order to interview these people, um, I would first go to your current clients. If you have a current client base, uh, whatever. If especially if you're a coach or you're in the service-based industry. Um, you're already having conversations with your clients and they're telling you exactly where they're at, where they want to go and what's getting in the way for them. And you take that language, you take exactly what they share with you. And then that's what you turn your messaging into. So it's actually, it's not supposed to, your marketing should not be a guessing game. Your message, um, should not be something that you brainstormed on your own. It really should come back to who's that uh, ideal client? What are they saying that they want? Mm-hmm. And then how can you communicate and package it in a way that shows them, yep, you're the person that can help them get there?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, when, you, when you talk about making sure that they feel understood um, and you, you're dealing, you know, in my mind, let's say you've interviewed 100 people or you know, you've gotten 100 responses from people you've got all their different uh, individual responses. You see the common thread. Mm -hmm. Um, Each of them may use different language to sort of communicate what that common issue is. How How do you write that in a way where they, that niche at least feels like, oh, you really get me if they're sort of saying it in different ways?
1: Yeah, I always look at what are the top three? What are the top three things that they're saying in each one of the categories? And then I'll use different angles um, in my messaging, and then I'll test it. I'll see what is actually getting people to take action, and I'll, you know, explain it. So if they're saying, um, you know, I really want to share my message online right now, but I so here's an example: is I've been hearing a lot of people right now in the current situation saying, I want to share my message, but I'm afraid to ruffle feathers. Um, I am, I'm seeing other people share their message or their marketing and it seems insensitive. Or I know what to say, I just don't know how to say it. Those are the three things I've been sa- hearing over and over again within the last like month and a half hmm. specifically. So in my marketing, I say, hey, you know, do you know that you have a message that can genuinely help people right now? but either you don't know what to say and how to, like, you, you know what you want to say, you don't know how to say it, or you are seeing other people do it in kind of a slimy way and it seems really insensitive. Or, uh, you know, you you know you can genuinely help people, but you just don't know how to weave it together in a way that really shows them that you care.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Interesting, Yeah. <laughs> yeah and boiling it down to those three things i mean and those are very specific things those aren't things that you would just pull out of your hat you know mm-hmm. because you sat down and you know pontificated about what the what the problems are mm-hmm. um, okay that's very interesting all right so you have you've done your research you found sort of the three things yeah
1: go ahead. and so just i want to just follow up if you don't mind just so there's the three, so there's the open loop there's like where are they where is it that they want to go and then the, one of the most important ones that you really got to do up front in understanding to write effective messaging is what's getting in the way of them getting from where they're at to where they want to go. Basically what are their objections or their fears are around taking that journey from where they're at to where they want to go. Mm-hmm. Cuz that is where most of the meat is and that if you can help unravel those belief systems, that is what's going to help get them to cross the line. Um, and so again, depending on your industry and your market, that can look many different ways. Um, because, you know, in, in my case with our clients, it's like, they're, they're fearful. What if they say something and they get tons of negative feedback? Like they go they'll go future forecasting into what if I say something wrong and I, it affects my reputation. People are upset at me. I lose clients. Um, Another, you know, fear or objection would be, um, does anyone even really want to hear my message that I have to share? Does anyone really care right now? That's more of like an internal thing. So it's really key to address those because that's what really makes people feel understood too. So you're documenting and and looking at all these, and then this is how you start to formulate your message, which most people miss. They just jump to the end of the line and try to come up with it.
0: Right. Um, I'm a believer that you can have the right message with the right audience, but if the messenger is not right, there can be a disconnect. Or or you can have the right messenger with the right message with the wrong audience, right? So you have to get an alignment with all of that. What happens if you as you're doing this research, you find with your ideal customer base that, okay, great. I know what their issues are. I know what I, I, I think I can communicate how uh, it, it, it in a way where they feel understood. So the, the message is going to be intact. The, the, the audience is intact. What if I'm not the right messenger? Like what if, what if the energy and the tonality and the, the message needs to be put in a way that's inconsistent with who the person is that's giving that message or, or the brand personality from the yeah,
1: I, I mean, I would look at that and be like, I don't know that you could really do anything about that. Okay, like, good. I
0: mean, that's that's a good answer because that that shows to me how valuable and how important that actually is. You know, because I, yeah. I I dealt with that personally, and I, it, it, that was a struggle. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was doing some men's work, and I was mm-hmm. I found that many of the many men were attracted to a warrior-like energy tonality. Uh, uh, brand personality, et cetera. And mm-hmm. while there's a warrior in me, my strength is more on what we would consider in the archetypal world, the magician archetype, which is more mm-hmm. psychology. And let me, let me help you with your mindset. And, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to get too far into to that necessarily, but there was a disconnect between what I think the ideal client was looking for versus what my innate gifts are to communicate it, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, so it was, uh, that's when I sort of backtracked and sort of what you said, like, Oh, this is, this is broken. Like, I, I don't know that I can fix this. So unless- I would be
1: mindful though, because I, I truly believe there's always someone who's looking for someone like you. Yes. And so uh, the first place I would look at before you and your messages, I would be looking at, have you been attracting in the right ideal client? Because Correct. I can guarantee you, yes, there's a the percentage of men who are, eager to learn more of that warrior mentality, but there's also the percentage of men who just don't resonate with that. And they're looking for, okay, what are other, you know, what are other avenues of someone that I can relate to a lot more than, you know, jumping off of, right. I don't <laughs> like doing like tough mutter, crazy things exactly. and, you well, know, bulging muscles biggest... and stuff. Right.
0: That was a huge epiphany for me because, um, I I launched something several years ago that was, that, that sought to, I, I partnered up with some special ops guys. Cause in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm going to surround myself with the warrior archetype so that I can attract that audience. Well, the message was off. It didn't connect. It didn't resonate. And I saw somebody else, completely launch and just launch into the stratosphere because everything was consistent Mm -hmm. and I was like and I was it was frustrating but at the same time like what do I need to learn here Mm -hmm. and I jumped into that uh, community and what I found was was that the warrior archetype was great to attract a lot of these men but a lot of them they would have an issue. Maybe they're trying to lose weight. Maybe they were looking to improve their relationship. Maybe they're doing this. And the warrior response was often suck it up, buttercup, you know, roll your sleeves up, get dirty, go do it. Stop complaining. Don't be a pussy, get, you know, move forward, et cetera. And that would turn a lot of guys off and, or they were still stuck. And I realized, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm the second conversation. I'll help you get you out of your head. I'll help you uh, stop self-sabotaging. I can help align you with, so, that shifted my ideal customer mm-hmm. to somebody in a completely different experience. They were further along, like you were mentioning, in the journey. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I can enter here and speak to them and, and resonate with them there. Mm-hmm.
1: Does that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's something really important. And I, I appreciate you get using that example because I, I can imagine there's a number of others like listening right now who are like, yeah, I... Have this message, and I know it can help people, but maybe they can't see that. Like this is the this is the move, not that. Yes. And there is a quote by one of my favorite OG copywriters, uh, Robert here, which is, "Enter the conversation that's going on in your prospect's mind." And so that goes back to the step one, which is, okay, if we want to attract them in and do this work, we cannot just push that on them if they're actually having a different conversation in their mind right now about what they think that they need so there is the saying like give them what they want and then give them what they really need Mm -hmm. and so that that applies to marketing too is with your message meet them where they're at what are what do they believe their biggest challenges are and problems and situations and, and communicate to them in their language from there. And then you can guide them to what it is that they really, uh, need because, you know, you, as you as the expert know that, but it's kind of like going into the doctor and, you know, when we say, if I go into the doctor, I'm, I'm not an expert, so I don't, I'm not going to say like, oh man, I have a torn meniscus like right here. And, you know, I'm not going to be using the technical terms. I'm going to be like, my knee hurts, make it stop, Mm -hmm. you know? And then the doctor or the chiropractor maybe say, oh, you have a torn meniscus. First, we're going to take care of this so that that pain goes away. And then there's actually, you know, your whole body is jacked up. We got to handle that as well. But if they just came to me and said, well, we're not going to make the pain go away. But we gotta figure figure out all of this structural stuff. I'd be like, you don't get me. Mm-hmm. Make the pain go away. That's what I came here for. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes in our businesses. Is like we gotta meet them where they're at and then give them what they what they really need. That's gonna create the long term result. If if you know if you're in like say the service or coaching industry.
0: Yes. Um, okay. So <clears throat> if we were to. Are we done with the macro level view of deconstructing that? Okay. I wanted to make sure we didn't miss any of those steps. Um, So how do you, how do you get to the, the, the more nuanced stuff? How do you get to, you have a basic idea. You're probably not going to hit a home run out of the gate. I would presume you might, but the average person may not. Um, How do you, how do you get drilled down to the, the right copy that really converts in a way that you can get a return on your advertising investment? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, so number one is always doing the right research, which we kind of just touched on right now. Like if you're not doing research up front, you're, that's like starting to build a home without laying any foundation. Um, so that's super important. And then the second, the second step is having a really powerful outline and, I last year I was talking to uh, a copywriter his name's Clayton Makepeace and he's known as he's now the late Clayton Makepeace passed away last month but he um, is known as one of like the or he was still like one of the world's greatest living copywriters he uh, was in charge for selling over a billion and a half dollars through his sales pages um, in the functional medicine space he like really brought that, that whole niche onto the market from his copy and his messaging. And we were on the phone last year and I was asking him about his process too. I'm like, you know, what, what is your process for writing, winning sales pages that have generated like, not just, you know, I, some of our sales pages and all that, that we've written have generated millions of dollars, but like his have been like tens and tens of millions of dollars from like one sales page. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I never, ever start writing without the right outline. And what that means is like, okay, once you have the research, you need to put the structure in place. It's kind of like in our workshops, one of the things I talk about is copy is like water, but you need the right structure of support. Like water isn't effective if you don't have a pipe or if you don't have a glass to hold it in place so that you can actually be useful with it. Mm -hmm. And the same thing goes with copy is you need the right structure of support depending on what the particular um, result is that you're trying to create. So if you're, you know, you're writing a sales page to sell, you know, one of your retreats or your events or your online programs, there is actually a structure of how things are supposed to go. Um, when you pour in the copy, because it's, it's again, consumer psychology, like it's getting people, they need to hear something first before they can hear the next thing before they can hear the next thing uh, like it's one of the biggest mistakes I see people make. They'll put the price right at the beginning. And it's like, that's like going on a first date with someone. And then, you know, within the first five minutes asking if you want, if you can sleep with them.
0: Yeah. Or do have to sleep? Yeah. That's a little out of sequence.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the structure of support is next. And and that also depends on, again, what is the result that you're ultimately trying to create?
0: So the outline, you're talking about the outline, uh, the structure of an actual sales page? Is that what you're talking about? or are you? Talking yeah, about I mean, online? it could be a
1: sales page or it could be, um, you know, a sales page. It could be if you're writing a social media post, it could be a video, um, like the medium uh, may vary. But yeah, the structure of like, how are you, basically, how are you going to get them from their, where they're currently at to making a decision that's best for them?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so you're talking to, to use the the relationship analogy, you're talking about you have to approach first, you have to see if they're interested, find out what their desires are, develop trust and report, like kind of move down that structure of developing a relationship, whether it's in yeah. a sales uh, page, a video or whatever. So is that the outline that Clayton was referring to, the structure of that In a way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also like different questions too. Like, okay, what's the primary benefit of your, whatever it is that you're selling? Like, what are the benefits of it? How is this person's life going to be different because of it? What are the secondary benefits that of how their life is going to be different because of it? Um, there's like several, you know, what, what are their questions going to be? Because the interesting thing about copy and messaging It's like, um, so if you're selling face-to-face with someone, you can actually have a conversation and a dialogue and you can ask them particular questions and you're going to get feedback and you can guide the conversation. In copy, it's still a conversation. However, you got to anticipate what their questions are in advance so that you can answer them on that page. But the power of it is your canning and... uh, my, My good friend, Joe Polish says... Uh, copy is canning and cloning yourself, meaning uh, you're putting your message into a unified package. And now it could be one to hundreds. It could be one to thousands, one to millions. And you're not having those one-on-one conversations. Copy is like millions of little salespeople running around the internet for you, but they don't call in sick. They don't ask for a raise. They just do their job, which is sell. But it's, and then and do it so
0: consistently and perfectly every single time. If once you've refined the whole sales yeah. copy that, yeah, it's
1: yeah. very powerful. Yeah. So right. that yeah. like upfront is really key. And I think a lot of people kind of undermine it. And the, if they like, don't get it on the first crack, they're like, this don't work. Right. Well, like when's the last time, you know, you went on a, as a guy, maybe you like go ahead, went and approached a girl for the very first time. Like, did he hit a home run? Maybe you did. That's impressive. But like, if you go to, 10 girls you may not every time because it's new
0: right um right
1: now it's the like this is the most important skill you can be learning like right now because everything is going on online
0: yes uh one of the one of your clients evan pagan i I went to one of his things and he said something that just really clicked with me he said copy is currency if you understand the value of what your audience is needing or wanting, you can write in such a way that they feel the, the currency, the weight, the, the value of it, because of your ability to connect with them. And mm-hmm. uh, if you're not, then your currency, your copy is not as effective and not as valuable. And therefore you won't be able to persuade as much. Um,
1: totally.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So, the, so you were talking about Clayton's outline, getting the structure so once you've done the research, now you have the structure, right? Um, what are some of the what are some of the higher level strategies or techniques that you've developed, if you're willing to share, um, to help tweak that in a way so that people really feel like you get them, or is it
1: <laughs> you want people to respond? But there's yes. nothing more sad <laughs> than like being like, yeah, I'm gonna post this social media post and it's gonna get so many shares and so many likes, and then like it doesn't,
0: and then nothing, yeah.
1: And then nothing. think, well, there's, um, there is a really old school acronym that all persuasion really follows. And, uh, it's called ADA, A-I-D-A. And so the high, again, like kind of higher level of, uh, copy fall, everything follows this. The first A stands for uh attention you got to capture their attention if you don 't capture their attention, nothing else that you write after that even matters or is relevant because they 're not going to get to it. The human mind uh, our our attention span is now less than a goldfish <laughs> we it 's true and we have thousands of marketing messages hitting. Us trying to capture our attention at any given moment. And we're trying to discern it in a second. Is this worth my time? Not worth my time. And so first you really got to make sure that you're capturing the, like whoever it is that you want to capture their attention, their attention. Mm-hmm. You do that through really powerful headlines. So that's the first A um, in ADA. The second one is, Uh, The I is interest. How are you going to capture their interest? And this, again, goes to what really like what 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 is their current reality? What are their biggest problems and pain points? What um, what are they lying up uh, in the middle of the night thinking about and worrying about what are their biggest challenges? whatever you're related to, how are you capturing their interest, um, to keep reading or watching or whatever it may be. And then the D in ADA stands for desire. How can you evoke desire and then wanting to take some sort of action? Um, and then the A stands for action, the final A, like how, what, what is it that you can invite them to do to take action? whether it's, you know, buy the course, sign up for the free webinar, comment on the post. That's like the basic, basic, basic framework that you can use. And there's one other thing that I just really want to highlight because I feel like I have this ability sometimes to think of what people's questions are, like, as we're in this dialogue. And one of the questions may be, well, I don't want, you know, um, like the selling is bad. Like, is this, I don't want to be manipulative. Is, yep. I don't want to, you know, persuasion. Ugh, And that's what, that's like the whole reason why I built conscious copy is because I believe, you know, copy is written words that sell. Conscious copy is written words that sell with integrity and authenticity. Mm-hmm. And w- one of the things we share a lot with our clients and, and, and when I'm doing like videos and stuff is that your goal isn't to get someone to a yes, like, yes, by my shit. Your goal is to get them to make the best decision for them. And if you shift to that, knowing that your whole role is to make sure you provide them all of the resources, all of the information, help them unravel their beliefs that are probably getting in their way, and then, in, and then get them to the point of making the best decision for them. That means you get yourself out of your own way and you're really helping them say, okay, you're, you're now at a crossroads. It's either a yes or a not yes. Which is it going to be? And then I feel like that takes out so much weight to like, I hope they say yes because the truth is we don't. Especially if you're in the service-based industry, you don't want people to say yes who aren't a good fit because mm-hmm. then it always ends up biting you in the butt afterwards. Like you want yeah. the people who are a good fit.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, we uh, we talked a little bit before we started this call about what's happening in the world right now and the dramatic shift in the economy and um, how that's changing people's messages can you Mm -hmm. speak into that a little bit and and some advice that you have for those that are dealing with the 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 new global impact and the the reality that we're dealing with right now
1: yeah yeah i'm finding this so fascinating um as i'm sure you are too oh
0: yeah it's, 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 it's it's like a huge uh case study or uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like just to see on a global scale, how we're responding to this and just human nature and the different psychologies and how people respond is is personally, I geek out on that, but Mm -hmm. I digress.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So there's, there's, um, I'm I'm just finishing actually writing an article on this, um, but there's really three marketing messages that used to work that no longer will at least for the foreseeable future at least for like the next six months um, because like so one just as a business owner if you or a entrepreneur influencer coach if you don't have a clear message uh, and haven't been communicating it really effectively you're probably already feeling it but there's the other layer, which is like the wrong message, which is in the, in this moment, it's almost like even worse because so much about right now in this moment in history, um, as our responsibility as like entrepreneurs and leaders is to build trust. Like trust is the most, one of the most important currencies right now. And the, the gift in it is that people's attention span right now to consume new information, to find leaders that can hold the vision, that can guide them to the promised land as is at an all time high, but you got to be really mindful of your messaging. So out of the three messages that are shifting, the first one is, uh, that no longer works is selling flashy. Look at me messages. Um, so the facebook ads that used to be like the lamborghinis the helicopters the
0: thank god the, the, yeah the like a, of the coronavirus is to get rid of this fucking-
1: yeah <laughs> yeah so you can <laughs> release your rent uh your your rent lease on that um but it's just because people right, during this period of time majority of people and and let me clarify there's always going to be the like top two percent of people who still want that like there, there the truth is there's actually um a percentage of people who this isn't going to really affect them and their how they buy things but for a majority i'm going to speak for a majority of um the world this is having quite a great effect
0: mm-hmm. and
1: the new emotions that they're really looking they're making their buying decisions on is um they're seeking safety. Like, will this make me safe? Um, certainty, uh, and sustainability. And like, can I, and then the underlying is always like, can I really trust this company? Mm -hmm. So it's really important that you speak to that, um, in your marketing message now more than ever before.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, the second one is, sell what no longer will work. And the truth is that it's never really worked, but I think we were in such a bull market that people were able to get away with it, especially in the coaching space Mm -hmm. is selling your process. So, um, my, my good friend, Lisa Sasevich has a quote, um, that she says, sell, um, don't sell the airplane, sell the destination. And what that basically means is people are buying a destination, they're buying an outcome or a result. And it can be so easy for us to get entangled into t- selling our process. You're going to join this six month coaching program or this 12 month mastermind. And let me tell you about all of the things that we're going to do. You're going to get these one days and virtual retreats and you sell, you're selling all stuff, the stuff mm-hmm. that the deliverables when really, that should be ten percent of the conversation. The ninety percent of the conversation is where is this going to get them? How is this going to change their life? But that is
0: a dramatic shift. So, <laughs> many, so many people want to talk about their shit, and it's and it's the exact opposite. They're ninety percent. Look at me. Look at all my stuff. Look, I've worked so hard on this. This, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I,
1: I look it, at my bazillion coaching certifications. Yeah, like they don't give a shit. I actually wrote this. To, this down yesterday is if you were on a burning boat and someone said they couldn't get you on shore, you wouldn't give a shit about whether it was a helicopter or a dinghy boat, you would just get on. Mm -hmm. And the same thing is true with your product and service. So you really want to focus on communicating that you can really help them get to the promised land, whatever that promised land is. And obviously too, you got to make sure that you can actually help produce them results that should be like a no-brainer i don't think we need need to go into that but like you gotta be able to back it up um but selling your own agenda just like won't fly um anymore
0: yeah i can see that yeah that's Uh, number two that was number two and then
1: three there's one more is um selling nice to haves selling nice to haves in this moment, uh, it's so wild because, like a month ago, we we're you know there's so many nice to haves, <laughs> but um, nice to haves meaning yeah when people are like well I don't need this but I want it. You're nice to have them. Mm-hmm. And again, this isn't everybody, and I really want to clarify that. But like I, would, like the majority is people are just their their buying decisions are gonna are are already um, shifting, and it's important though, to understand what they consider is a nice to have versus what you consider a nice to have, mm-hmm. because here's the, uh, this is something that I think is so weird is like, it's still considered, um, um, essential businesses like here in San Diego, we still have coffee shops open and liquor stores. I'm like, I personally don't consider that a, an essential business, yeah. but apparently it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, That and with the right messaging and copy, um, you can shift someone from thinking it's a nice to have to a must have. Like that is the power of messaging and copy. Um, but you so you just got to get better at the craft. Really, that's what that comes down to Mm -hmm. is knowing how to move the help move the needle forward for someone to think, whoa, I'd need help with this right now, or. I need this right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you read uh, "Breakthrough Advertising"?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that is such a fascinating read. And uh, for those that haven't read it, it talks about meeting the prospect where their uh, att- where their um, level of awareness is of yes. your product, uh, of the problem, and or the product and the solutions for their problem. Um, and I have found that was a, a a big key in some of the copy that I've written that. Some of the successful copy that I've written was specifically because oh I was speaking to the wrong um, level of awareness. Totally. Do you factor that in, and how, and if so, how much?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So, in our process, when we when we take our clients through, and we're, we're diving into the ideal client, that's one of the first things that we address is what is the level of awareness. So, for those of you listening who maybe haven't read the book I and mean, it's very dense. It's like the marketing Bible. It's like a $200 book by Eugene Schwartz. But the, the gist of it is there's four levels of awareness um, with your ideal client or whoever, who you're communicating to. There's the um, unaware. They're unaware of their problem and they're unaware that there's even a solution. Next up is they're aware. They're aware that they have a problem, but they're not aware that they have a solution. And then there's seeking, meaning they're aware they have a problem, they know there's a solution, and they're seeking the solution. The example I usually give here is like they're Googling, you know, how to do this thing. And then number four is motivated. They're motivated. They they know they have a problem. They know there's a solution. They're they're actively looking and they're motivated to get a solution like now. And that's really about three to four percent of uh. mm, well, actually I'm going to take that back. It depends on what, you know, what it is that you're selling. Like for example, um, during the, the toilet paper famine, I feel like probably half of the people <laughs> were are motivated, <laughs> you know, so it, it kind of depends, but that's really important to, to consider, um, where, what level of awareness is your ideal client at in the particular area that you can help them with because you got to meet them there.
0: What are some of the other things that you you take your clients through? That pro- you mentioned the process, and the first thing you looked at was awareness. What are some of those other things that you look at, if you don't mind sharing that?
1: Yeah. So the higher level of our like conscious copy method that I call it is we first go into um, the messaging triad, which is like what is your unique message, um, and and some of the areas that we touch on there are like with um, your your Uh, brand story, like your company story, your, um, your knowledge expertise, like how are you positioned to be unique, um, and different? Um, what are your company values, but how are you communicating in a way that stands out? That's, that's phase one. Phase two is the ideal client snapshot, which is who is that ideal client? So one of the areas is the levels of awareness how do you, how do you communicate to your ideal client with that also goes into the three that we touched on earlier of like, where are they? Where do they want to go? What's getting in the way of them getting there?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, we
1: also go into something called the ideal client litmus test. Like, do you even have the right ideal client? Mm-hmm. Um, cause there, that's a get and talk, talking about earlier. Like there's nothing worse than trying to like market to people who just don't want your stuff. Yeah. Um, so figuring that out and going into objections, the, the third phase is the compelling offer, which is what is your offer, but ha- m- more than that, um, how are you communicating it? Mm-hmm. That matters so much. Like, for example, I have, um, I, I was thinking about this and I don't know that I've ever launched, um, a new product or service without selling it first. And that was a, that was a um, piece of feedback that I got from my men- one of my mentors early on, Dan Sullivan, who said, test your ideas on check writers. And so I would always sell my product or service first and then I would know, okay, this is worth my time to build out or it's not. So I always, I always usually start with like, what's the sales page? What's, how are we going to sell this before obsessing on building it out? Um, And that's one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make. Um, Some
0: people, some people might hear that and go, well, wait a second. If you're already selling it, what, why do you need to build all that out? Can you explain what you mean strategically how to sell on a small level versus the full copy thing that you do with it?
1: So like if I'm already selling it or what do you mean?
0: You were, saying, uh, you were saying that you sell it first before you go to the extent of drawing, you know, creating the full copy message and persuasion. Oh, no, no,
1: before actually building the product or service.
0: Oh, before, sorry, 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 I missed
1: Yeah, so I'll like, I'll sell it, meaning like, so for, for example, um, we recently had, uh, we did a one day virtual workshop and I heard from enough of our ideal clients and people who wanted wanted information on this topic, they were like, we really need something like this. So instead of me first sitting down and being like, okay, what's the content going to be? How would I deliver this virtual workshop? I created the sales page for it and I started selling it. And we got, you know, we sold quite a few tickets in in like two and a half days. It was a very quick turn around. And, and then I was asking people like, what do you really want to get out of it? And then I made sure that that's exactly what they got out of it. And I built the content for the day second. Um, but you that got, also got. works with products too. Like, um, there's a product that I'm going to be launching within the next year. And instead of like going and buying hundreds of the product, I'm going to pre-sell it first. Like I have an archetype of it, but I'm going to pre-sell it first before I go and spend all this money on on the product. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you could do it with anything.:
0: That's scary for a lot of people, but it makes a ton of sense It, it, it only takes you um, a few times where you actually write out all the copy uh, and then all the content and all the work that goes into that. And, and then have that miss before you realize, oh, you know what? I'm going to make sure this actually is worth my time to build out the content.
1: because Yeah. Well, what's even more scary is spending like weeks or months, you know, like I've seen it so many people in the expert space, you know, spend so much money on videos to build out their course and the and the membership site and the PDFs and they're so obsessed with their course, but they can't sell their freaking course. Yeah. And if they just would have seen, if there was an interest in people wanting to learn on that topic first, then they wouldn't have had to spend all of that money into now something that nobody wants. Well,
0: and I think that helps create that alignment that we were talking about before. Like, am I the right messenger for this? Is this the right audience for me? Is Do I need to tweak you know, some of those things, um, what do you do if you do, if you do that, uh, you know, if you sell something like that and you realize after like, oh, this is not a good fit or I'm, I'm now that they're telling me what they need, like, I'm not really the right person to build on that, or maybe I don't even want to or whatever. Like, do you ever find that to be the case? And if so, what do you do?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Well, The, in full transparency, this recently happened to me where, um, I was going to be launching a new, um, I guess it was like, it was a mini group and a lot of it was based in person and started to sell it, but then realized that it's going to be really hard to do in person stuff over the next couple months. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, so I just reached out to, it, it, luckily it was like a very small group and I just had some honest conversations of like, Hey, I know that you invested in this and the way that the next couple months looks like is we can't really have these in-person experiences in, but let's re- let's re- come back to our conversation. And like, I really want to figure out what needs solved in your life. And if there's a way that I like based on our other programs and products that we can help you solve what needs solved in your life, then we can just transfer it over there. But if not, then, you know, I'm going to refund you all your money and I'm going to go help you find the right person who can solve your problem. Mm. And and again, it's like as entrepreneurs, if there's anything to right now more than ever before that I think we got to be focusing in on. And. We are in such a bull market that I think, especially in the coaching expert space, there's all these marketing messages like, do you just teach whatever you want to teach and your gifts and all that? And I think that's so great. I think people should do that, but you will not last very long in this market trying to sell your own agenda. You got to be putting on your entrepreneur hat, which is looking at what needs solved, and and going back to who is the person I really want to help? Like I am so obsessed with helping entrepreneurs, but like I'm gonna figure out any possible way that I can just make their life better right now. And I'm always looking at what needs solved for them. What are the knowledge, skills, and expertise that my team has that we can help them solve? But if it's not us, how can how can I create strategic um, partnerships? with other people who can solve their problems. Like that's the mindset that we gotta be in right now and with our messaging, especially.
0: Can you give an example of when that's happened for you and or one of your clients where they've developed a strategic partnership, they realized, oh, maybe I'm not the right person to solve this, but let me, do you have a case study for that by any chance that comes to mind?
1: Totally, so um, right, The date of us recording this, um we I I did um a free virtual workshop. And um it was called a whole division workshop, and I had some guest um speakers on it, uh including Allison Maslin, who's she's the CEO of Pinnacle Global Network, Joe Polish, who's the founder of Genius Network, and Cameron Harold, who's known as one of the number one coaches to CEOs. And we've been having follow-up calls with a lot of the people who were on the, um, on the free workshop, um, just seeing like, you know, having, having a conversation and then seeing if there's any way that we can help them. And there's been a few people who, um, two in particular where they're, they're just too early on in their entrepreneurial journey that we can really be a benefit to them. So I have two people that I know that help th- that exact person. And so we made that introduction to them to say, hey, this person literally helps people exactly like you. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in, in some cases, if I know that that's consistently gonna happen, then I will build out a joint venture partnership with those people, which is basically like, hey, if I keep sending you clients, then um, you'll send me a percentage of whatever you sell Um, because now you're not having to spend that money on advertising Mm -hmm. and I'm sending you qualified leads and vice versa. I do that. Like I have certain referral partners that send me clients all the time and, uh, I give them a percentage of whatever we make on it. So that's how I'm looking at it. But then also the speakers too, for example, there was a person I had a conversation with yesterday and he wasn't a good fit for our services right now but he's in the market for looking for a business coach. And with the guest speaker who is, um, on Cameron Harold, I was like, he would be perfect. Boom. Let me make that introduction for you. Mm -hmm. So I want people to know like whether, whatever they're coming to us for my, you know, my litmus test is, Giving them what 's going to most serve them, whether it 's with me or someone else, mm-hmm. and building out those partnerships with people who are complementary to what we do
0: you know that that whole um, approach is something that has it feels like it 's been put on the back burner uh, sort of uh, out of the spotlight in in this bull market that we 've experienced in the last ten maybe twenty years um, and I think that it 's that energy that 's going to be leading now in this new sort of uncertain time because people have actually people want to align themselves with others who actually give a shit and mm-hmm. who to the point where it's like i don't this isn't about the you know like you said that what was it the islands burning and it's like helicopter or dinghy it's not just about um getting me the right thing it's like if if i don't get on the right vehicle to get me off this island there's catastrophe it 's mm-hmm. that important for people to make sure that they 're aligned with somebody who can get them to the to to safety mm-hmm. um, so I was just talking with somebody yesterday, another friend of mine who 's a really talented copywriter as well, and what we were talking about was there is no room right now for second place. there really is going to be only first place, mm-hmm. but there 's a way that you can craft your copy in such a way so that you 're first place for the niche and you know the 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 solution that you're looking to provide for a particular audience Mm -hmm. um like the example that i brought before when i was talking about the men's group work that i was doing i'm not going to be the number one warrior guy you're not going to come to me for the boot camp or whatever like there's jocko willink out there there's there's the other badasses there's no way i'm going to compete with those guys but uh i can i can shift into a different place and meet the need of that same audience when they're at a different place in their journey perhaps better than somebody else can perhaps better than a Mm -hmm. a warrior typical archetype can um do you have do you use archetypes at all like i mean i know you use them but is that a part of your your very specific methodology
1: Mm. well (laughs) we have um five we call them the five bad copy archetypes (laughs) so they're like the five yeah the five archetypes that we'll typically see people get stuck into so it's like fluffy copy like the fluffy copy archetype where it's just like using all the wrong words in all the wrong places there's the internet marketery copy where it's like the douchey super slimy you feel like you gotta take Emperor. a shower after yeah <laughs> um kind of copy yeah. there's the confusing copy like it's usually like the doctor archetype or like they're using all these big fancy words and you have no idea what they're saying. So like we have those different types of ones. And when we break down in our methodology, like, okay, if, if you, which one of these do you fall into? And then how do you get yourself out of it and write conscious copy? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, How much of your work is actually working with the, the, the messenger, like develop to me, that's like brand development. You're, you're really working on the brand personality, brand positioning. Um, how much of what you do is, is that versus how do you better understand your audience and, and craft a message that works for them?
1: Uh, I think it's, it, I mean, it's definitely both because they they both matter so, so much. And they're p- both part of like the overall process, like the overall method. Um, right. Because I, I think about it, like, you know, even with our method, if you miss like one thing, it's like trying to bake a cake and you missing one really important ingredient. Like you still may get a cake, but like, if you forget the eggs or like, if you forget the flour, it's going to definitely change up the overall product. And the right. same thing goes with your copy. Like you've got to be looking at your messaging. You got to be looking at who the ideal client is. You got to be understanding your offer. And then the other two steps is one you got to understand that the, um, the unique strategy, like depending on what your product or service is understanding like, how is it best to, how to best sell it online? Like, is it through a webinar? Is it through, um, a challenge? Is it through a video? Is it through a sales page? Understanding that based on your price point, who, and then those other three steps. And then, um, step five is the, the conscious copy creation, like actually writing the words that then pour into that structure of support and strategy mm-hmm. to sell the thing. So there, if you miss something, it just it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, you don't get good cake. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is there? Is there, you were talking about um, selling it in the right way. Is it a webinar? Is it a this, that, or whatever? Do you, is there, um, is there a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a proven, way to to match a product up how do people know what's the best way other than just testing all of them or is that the is that the best you definitely best don't way?
1: want to do that, okay. <laughs> the, the, that'll, um, that. Yeah, that'll take you a lot of time and money and energy yes. um you, usually so um as part of the method we look at like what is the price point of the product um, that you're selling. So then does it make sense for you to sell it over the phone? Does it make sense for you to sell it over like a video and this, and, or via sales page? It depends on the price point. It depends on, um, like who the ideal client is. Um, and then usually from there, we can narrow it down, um, to one or two, sometimes three different Strategies, mm-hmm. but then i'll always also look too at um, what current assets do you already have like if you're if you're someone who has a Facebook group that has fifteen thousand people in it um, then and you 've never done a webinar before in your entire life, like I may not recommend that if we have to choose between two, we're going to go where you already have assets built up, mm-hmm. so that you can get launched quicker. Mm-hmm. So it's always like, yeah, the the match.
0: That makes sense. Um, I, I want to take just a step back a little bit. Did you have one more thing you wanted to share?
1: Oh no, just have like.
0: Five minutes. Okay, um, got it. So um, if I could just take a step back and, and better understand how you got into this in the first place, without. Like, I'm kind of just curious on you, you mentioned your initial intent wasn't necessarily to get into what, what was your initial intent when you got into the business?
1: Um, so I had a, a, a fitness business before I started conscious copy and it was the uh, in the online space. It was called strong mind, sexy body blueprint. Um, and I, drank from the water hose of learning online marketing. I remember going to my first Brennan Bouchard event, Experts Academy. And he was like, it's easy. Just online marketing's like OVO, which stands for opt-in value offer. Boom. And I was like, okay, sounds easy enough. And so I like came out of the the gate, just thinking that, you know, you just throw up some pages and then just people on the internet just start paying you. And, and, you know, it just, you see emails coming in every day of people Mm -hmm. wanting to buy your stuff. And that was definitely not the case for me. Um, I was, I had these online fitness programs for millennial women and I, um, for the first little bit, like could not sell them. And I didn't, I was building out sales pages, but I, I didn't really know what copy was. I thought I needed the logo and the website and all of the things that you actually don't need to start your business. And it wasn't until, um, I actually got a framework of, uh, well, learning number one, like start building my audience and build a relationship with them. So I started writing weekly emails to my email list and building a relationship with them. That was step one. And then I got a structure for, uh, a four part email series to sell, um, my product. And I just poured my copy into this structure. And, uh, in 48, I sent it out to my itty bitty list of 300 people. And within 48 hours, I made $4,410 on my online product. And I was in college at the time. So I was like, I've made it like almost five grand in 48 hours. Like, I don't even know why I'm in school, you know? (laughs) And then, and that had me start to become obsessed with really learning marketing and copy and realizing that that was the ticket for me to actually build up my, um, my online business. So then I had, um, I started running Facebook ads and those were doing quite well. And I had actually my Facebook ads agency reach out to me and they're like, none of our clients are getting the same results that you are. What are you doing? And I just kind of broke it down and they were like, can you do a webinar for the rest of our clients, just showing them how you've been able to build out your funnels. So I did. And then I started having people reach out to me, asking me if I could consult on their funnels and start to look at their copy. And, and then I just started doing it and I realized how much I loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then within I, so I kind of, Launched co- conscious copy, like one man show or one woman show. And and then within six months, I started landing like pretty big, well-known clients like Rose Killian and Joe Polish and mm. um, to help them write their copy and those, That's the rest of kind of history.
0: Um, I know we're getting short on time. I just want to ask you one last question. Why do you do what you do?
1: Mm. Uh, well, I am so um, so passionate about helping entrepreneurs. I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So it's like literally all I know, it's in my blood from the beginning. So the, the person that I really want to be a hero to is like the entrepreneurs that have these big visions and big messages that they know can really help the world but they don't know how to communicate it. Mm. And I know that I can really help that person because like, it's one thing to have an articulate vision or or in your mind, but it's a whole nother thing to be able to communicate it into the world. And I really believe like words matter, like words literally turn into matter. Words are the bridge between the vision in our mind becoming our reality. Mm. And so I just get so juiced up to be able to help what I believe entrepreneurs are, you know, the most important entrepreneurs. We're, we are going to be the ones that really change the game, especially right now in this moment, like with all of the other systems crumbling, it's going to be entrepreneurs that solve the problems. And I really want to help them. Like if they know they have a, solution to make sure that it actually gets out into the world like that just juices me up more than anything.
0: Hmm. I love that. Jennifer Hoodie, thank you so much for your time today. This has been awesome. If somebody's interested in reaching out to you or your company, where's the best place for them to go?
1: Yeah, they can just head they can head over to consciouscopy.co. It's not .com. consciouscopy.co. Um or go what's that?
0: very, you know, trendy of you to go with trendy. the .co.
1: Yeah. Well, the truth is I just couldn't get the .com. Yeah, I know, I so, Um And uh, also follow me on Instagram. I'm at Jen Hoody, J-E-N-N-H-U-D-Y-E. Um, and then just send me a DM. Like if you really, you know, liked the, the episode and you want to learn more, just send me a direct messenger saying what's up and we'll connect.
0: Take it from there. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Jennifer, thank you again. This was awesome. Thanks so much. All right.